Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 418. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm watching Skydart. Uh, play Dragon Age 2. What are you doing now? This just feels like a lot of selection. Well, I'm arming my characters up. You're arming all the characters up in the party. So, you know you spent like two hours last night in the character creation. No, it was only like 45 minutes. It felt like longer than 45 minutes. Like, I played a game where I didn't spend enough time on my character, and every time I saw my character, I got mad because it didn't look the way I wanted it. Well, I was playing Bioshock 2, and all I know is you kept having me, okay, what about face tattoos? What about black ones? What about purple ones? How's well, this it's hair? it's important. It's important. No, I, I can't get the nose right. Like, you... <laughs> I want it to look like me, but better. <laughs> what are you doing these things? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I'm, now I'm playing the game. My Xbox avatar is an Indian gentleman with a mole on the side of his cheek because I just yeah, didn't want to... Yeah, but how wanna... long did you take making your dumb dark elf in Skyrim? That's not the a, issue. Right, I played right, Skyrim for right, like a year. Get, do your intro. All right, Leave fine. I will. I'm very excited about this episode of the podcast. Actually, this conversation is, is accidentally fitting. Um, this is the Zero Charisma podcast. Katie Graham and Andrew Matthews, and then uh, and then Sam Eitzen, who plays Scott in the movie. Zero Charisma is not only a phenomenal movie, but it's a phenomenal movie that that we as Nerdists are distributing. It's our first film that we're distributing um, with Tribeca Films, and it's a partnership between us and Tribeca distributing Zero Charisma. Um, and you'd probably be like, well, of course you're going to say it's phenomenal because you're distributing it. Yeah, but I wouldn't have wanted to distribute it if it hadn't been a phenomenal movie. Um, we'll explain this in the podcast, but essentially, Jonas saw the movie first at South by Southwest and sent it over to me and I fell in love with it. You know, uh, on the surface, you might be like, oh, it's a nerdy guy who plays tabletop games. Yes, it is. But there are a lot of nerdy guys who play tabletop games. And a lot of this reminded me of early tabletop games that I had and the group that I had. So um, it's a very human story. It is not an easy, let's take easy swipes at nerd culture. The folks who made it uh, are super nerds. And it is a love letter to our culture as well as tabletop gaming. And I think some contemporary issues that we face as, uh, as contemporary uh, nerds. So uh, uh, Zero Charisma comes out on VOD today, October 8th. It is available. And then select theaters on October 11th. I hope you see it, um, and I hope you really enjoy it. Uh, I'm very proud to be associated with this movie, and um, I hope you dig it. I think you will. So here's the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 418, with the directors and one of the stars of Zero Charisma. Go see it, go see it, go see it. Please go see it so we can make more movies. I think you'll really like it a lot. It's an awesome movie. 
From someone who still plays D&D all the time. <laughs> That's true. Someone who's playing Dragon Age 2 right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now entering Nerdist.com. Why'd they just match it with the supply? Um, well, because they'd have to have more planes and more room. Someone's got to pay for all that 80s music they play in there. That's a licensing, I'm sure. <laughs> Economics lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bob Hope owns that airport. Bob Hope. Hey, guys. That's Dana Gould's uh, Bob Hope. It's Dana Gould's Bob Hope. Hey, yeah. my friend Dana Gould is going to do some comedy for you. Yeah, I do. I love that kid. <laughs> Are you guys recording already? Yeah, I think uh, so. Are we recording? Uh, yeah. Katie Levine? Oh. Yeah. There Would is like another oh, yeah. Katie awesome. in the midst. I know. A second Katie. Do we and an Andrew. And a Sam. <laughs> you can have them if you don't if you want them. You don't, I don't, you don't have to, to have them. No, I can't stand my own voice. So. What? <laughs> I'm, we agree on one thing, man. <laughs> oh, thank hey, you. come on. Jonah, what do you got? Uh, why, why, no. Why, well, we've hung out a couple times. We could, I could say that. We're friends. You yeah, and me? Totally. We're friends, right? Two, two nights is enough to hate my voice. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shut I, up. on the other hand, love my voice. <laughs> <laughs> they just get up on it. Can you turn my cans up? I'm going to spend not... the night with my voice tonight. <laughs> tonight tonight it's just voice. you and me, boys. <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited you're here because uh, I, uh, we're, oh, hey, here comes Kyle. Hey, guys. Hi, Kyle. Hey. What's up, Kyle? Hey. Thank you for my orange airborne. Aren't you glad I went back? Thank you for my placebo (laughs) born. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's not really probably, but I like the taste of it. There's nothing wrong with a bunch of vitamin C. (laughs) That's true. It's not like it's like for for nothing. Fuck you, troll in my head. <laughs> Did you hear they discovered a word that rhymes with orange? No. Yeah, it was big in the news. What? What is it? I forget what the word is now. You'd think Storage. I would have heard that. They made it up just so they yeah. could say that <laughs> to match Katie's hair. Just, the, just they could ruin all of those, you know, high school stories and urban myths and stuff. Yeah. yeah. There's a task force out there whose soul is to dispel every. It's a Snopes team. Yeah, they they want to the knock Snopes, everything down. The Snopes Buzzkill team. <laughs> I'm very excited that um, we are uh, even sort of tangentially involved with Zero Charisma. Though we had we, I mean, you guys deserve all the credit. You wrote and produced and acted in it and, and made it and edited it. And but Jonah told me about the movie after uh, South by Southwest. He said you got in Jonah style. Got to see this fucking movie. It's fucking amazing. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I watched it twice in a weekend. And uh, Which is a lot for me. I've Just done twice? that too. Just, hey. <laughs> and so you sent it to me, and uh, it was fantastic. I mean, I am su- even if we had nothing to do with the movie, I would still want to have you on and talk about it because you've done a thing which is a very difficult thing to do, which is to make a movie about nerd culture which actually does not make fun of nerd culture, which actually seems to be a love letter to tabletop gaming and also tell a very human story and not. You know, and and one of the reasons that I want to talk about it is because I think on the surface people might think the movie is one thing, and I want to let them know that it is not that thing. And all the people who see the movie 
you know. Yeah, that seems to be the opinion of people who haven't seen the movie, which is yes. good that they see it, then they're like, okay, okay, fine, yeah, but. Yeah, there was one article that someone <laughs> wrote on uh, io9, I think, where yeah. it was like, is this movie really doing nerds any favors? Yeah. And all the comments were like, um, uh, did you see it yet? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. then maybe it's when you see it, you could determine. But everyone was very supportive. Like, most of the people were very supportive of the movie and said, I saw it. It's not at all like that. And I had a conversation with the guy, and he was really nice. And he was like, okay, good. I feel like, um, you know, people in the, in the nerd sphere are a little sensitive because uh, for so long the entertainment industry was always like, look at these fucking freaks and dumbasses and, you know, and have been very disparaging. Yes, yeah. that's true. As Katie says, they, they'll... they'll take a Hollywood actor and put him in nerd drag. So it's the and it's then, understandable why there is potential resistance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. And we knew when we were going into it that there, yeah, it was... It's playing with fire a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know? a little bit. You know, because it's a... Uh, I mean, we basically wanted to take the archetype and kind of dig deeper, you know, and, and make a real character, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of, you know, really, really represent what we think uh, someone out of nerd culture is like. What is your ba- What's your guys' background? Um. Uh. You mean like where I was born? Or? Well, yeah. Like, what's your background? Like, what are what are what's your what's behind you? What's behind me right now? <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> oh, sure. We're taking notes behind me. Um. I. Uh, I. I mean, I've been a gamer since like fifth grade. Uh. Mostly Dungeons and Dragons, but other RPG stuff like that. Um. I got into film in high school. I think because that's where Katie and I met. Andrew we and I the... grew up in LA, actually. Yeah. And uh, we went to high school at Providence. Uh, which High. is across from Walt Disney, and uh, that's where we met. And uh, we were in a media program a together. Media program together. We we, that was when it was like two VCRs, and you would like edit, <laughs> yeah. you know, rewind, you know, play. So play, you, you see a little bit of the like, yes. the, like little juddery. Exactly. Yes. But yes. at that time, having two VCRs in one room was like, it was, whoa, yeah. you're yeah. millionaires. <laughs> exactly. That's what CBS was doing at the time as yeah. well. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So then, after we both went to college in the same area, and we started hanging out, and we started dating, and we were big. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is a very once. sexy <laughs> story. <man. laughs> um, we were like uh, obsessed with Mr. Show at the time, mm-hmm. and like that was like our first date was just like sitting on a couch watching like bootleg VHSs of Mr. Oh, Show. Oh, nice. Yeah. Watching David Cross trying to shit on the flag. <laughs> yes, that's right. Can't do it. Yeah. Something about those colors. Yeah. That's a, that's our song. Is the Lookout Moon song? That's oh. gonna play at our wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you know that's a great song. Um, uh, also, Troll 2. Troll 2 was, was, was a big, big movie for us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is crazy because then you guys got to work on Best work, best we, Worst Movie. We yes, did. we did work on Best. I shot Best Worst Movie. Andrew edited it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a crazy. We were Troll 2 fans for years before we met Michael Paul Stevenson, who directed that movie. Yeah. And, it was something uh, we just like posted online that he saw. It was kind of Troll 2 related, some jokey thing. And he was like, This is great. You want to help me make a documentary? And we were like, well, if it means we get to meet you and the other actors in that crazy movie, then yes. And and yeah. that led to working on that. And Best that- Worst Movie is a, an incredible documentary just about, like, Troll, about 2. Troll 2. But then, it, like most great documentaries, like it turns into something else. And it, it kind of it follows the, the main actor guy. Uh, and uh, like kind of getting involved in like what the fan scene yeah. of, like you know like he's the fan a dentist ter- ter- turned cult movie star yeah exactly <laughs> and he gets caught up in one it. of those yeah. guys yeah, 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 you know, know just your average but what, it was another like, one yeah but it's it's because it's, it's, it has a lot of the same elements that uh, you know uh, King of Kong did where it's just you know the, these guys that really didn't ever have any plan on being like seen or being like popular or anything like that kind of getting thrust into the limelight and right. like and, and the ways they handle it and he handles it beautifully and then it sees the emptiness but, but behind just 
any kind of fame. Yeah. Which is great. That's yeah. why, yeah, I love that one so mm-hmm. much. But when did you move to Austin? Uh, about four years ago. After South by in 2009. Uh, that Let's was never a, leave. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. That's yeah. the feeling I get every time I go. And uh, we became part of the film community there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we really set out there to make Zero Charisma. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did. <clears throat> And I, I think it was just luck that it also happened to be the perfect place to make a movie like that because the gamer culture there is incredible. I mean, yeah. there is like a game store like every five blocks, it feels like. Where was I? When I was living there's here. There's also a hipster every five there, blocks. There's hipsters too, yeah. So so it was like, well, this is a perfect place. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because uh, in the, one of the interesting things that you take on is sort of hipster culture bleeding into uh into nerd culture mm-hmm. um which uh you know i've been accused of being that guy mm-hmm. so when it's, i was based on you actually <laughs> <laughs> please don't say that <laughs> <laughs> kidding Just kidding, kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well because when we first when we first talked i was like are we miles like because <laughs> miles has this website called geek chic that's right yeah and which i actually i actually i'll tell you this right now first time i've told you this I actually in the script i wrote it geek S-H-E-I-K. <laughs> and just so that if there was any like legal issues, that I could go like, no, 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 you guys no, got no. it all wrong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. sh- I could see how you would think that. Yeah. <laughs> it's about geeks in Iran. Yeah. 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 Oh, different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. different thing. Um, but uh, it, it really is sort of like taking this idea of hipster culture kind of merging into nerd culture, but also I think one of the most endearing things about the movie is, is Sam, who's here. Uh, um, who, Sam, by the way, hey. thank you for coming here. Yeah, thanks for having having me it's awesome it's so you're so Hollywood. great in the movie <laughs> no you really are you're, <laughs> Thank you, man. you're nice so jazz great. hands listeners <laughs> jazz hands. i love it it's, it's almost got, i'm so used to hearing your voice in the movie that it's weird to hear it say other things now <laughs> oh no you're a human being actually we've gotten that before where people are like he's not like scott <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we kind of have to explain that every time yeah. they're like, like wow he... where'd you find that yeah. that it must have been hard guy. to work with that awful man <laughs> 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 and we're like no sam is the sweetest man yeah but well, yeah, you're great there, there is there is the it, it's the, the the film i really think is an exploration of a lot of the sort of current state of nerd culture where it's sort of like the one sort of hipster swath sort of moving in, but also the idea of the, the, the guy that's sort of obsessive just wants to do the right thing, but so uh, obsessed with very specific like minutia and the way that it, things have to be done mm-hmm. that it can't. Uh, and, and again, not in a disparaging way in a very human way and, and very much in a way like, I know guys like that. Sure. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not a two-dimensional or one-dimensional representation of the culture. It really is like, yeah, yeah. It's that I know that guy. Yeah. Yeah, and as as we were working on the script, we kind of um at, the, at first Miles, the hipster character was more of a a villain actually in the original script because we just wanted the audience to be firmly on Scott's side. And then we realized like you know, first of all, it's more interesting if most of his problems come from in him rather yeah. than, you know, just having some sort of cookie cutter villain. And also you, you start to work on it. You're just like, well, who are we to say why anybody likes anything or that anyone's liking something the wrong way yeah. or, you know, and so we made it a little bit more ambiguous. You that's know. A, that's kind of what I uh, really enjoyed about like because he's he doesn't really do anything wrong. No. Like, right. Uh, he and like like no one really does. And it's kind of one of those movies where it's it's kind of up to you to pick your protagonist and your antagonist because yeah. you, at <laughs> first you think it's like well Scott's like I'm going to be rooting for Scott, but then as Scott just kind of gets worse and worse mm-hmm. as a person, like you're like wait. 
maybe he's the other guy. The guy I was gonna hate, the hipster nerd, was like not so bad. Yeah. The audience yeah. is kind of like Wayne. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I've never thought of that. Before. Who, by yeah. the way, Wayne has the Rain, the actor has the best fucking name of anyone. <laughs> oh, <I> know, <laughs> <right>? Brock England. <laughs> Brock England. That's Brock why. Brock uh... England. <laughs> I mean, that's why we cast him, and then it just worked out. That's how he, he says right. it himself when he introduces. <laughs> him. Right, it's nice to meet you. I'm Brock England. <laughs> Tina Fey. That's almost yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> not not a stage name, by the way. Real no. name. I think it's his yeah. real name, yeah. Because wow. I yeah. met he has a twin sister in here, so Baraka I, I know other... England. <laughs> yeah. It's not Braca, is it? No, it's not. It's Bianca. Um, it's... No! <laughs> wow, no, nice. nice. See, I totally would have bought it. It was real enough that I would have bought it. Yeah. So you were an Austinite. How did they would you basically did you just cast an Austin? Did you did you cast or how did you did you already know Sam before? Um, we did not know Sam. We before. did not know Sam. Yeah, um, we we did a, a teaser trailer to raise money um, for the movie, and we just needed an actor to do four days, you know, shooting little scenes for the movie to raise money. And we found Sam, and uh, he he had been in a couple other small parts found in movies. Sam. Yeah, sounds yes. really. <laughs> found him. He was we lost. Found him in the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. he was in a, he was in a diaper. He didn't yeah. have anybody. Look, <laughs> look beyond the him. beyond the trees. You see that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he came on board to do that, and uh, we were like, it's not an audition per se, but you know, don't fuck it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> and he was awesome, and so we raised you know way more than our crowdfunding goal, and we're like, oh, this is definitely Sam has a lot to do with this, so. We offered him the part, and yeah. we actually didn't audition anybody else. I know we yeah. never auditioned anyone else, yeah. which is kind of insane, mm-hmm. actually. But for that role, in but retrospect, you did like crazy auditions yeah. for everybody. Yeah, else. for everybody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In retrospect, probably wouldn't have gone with Sam. You know, at the end of the day, right? right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, feel, I mean, it's gone well, but I feel what could have been. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. <laughs> Are you born and raised in Austin? Uh, no, I actually came to Austin the same time they did, and uh, about four years ago. And just, I didn't expect to come there to start acting. I was doing just film directing stuff, but I had always acted and stuff. And I guess I started taking it seriously when they got me for this role. <laughs> he didn't take acting seriously until Zero Charisma. Yeah. Well, until, the thing is, it's, like, it's a very, it's a very like good role. Like it's, a, it, well, it, there's have, a yeah. lot of difference. Like you know, you have to be funny, you have to be serious, you have to be sad. You yeah, know, I'm you, in every yeah. goddamn scene. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a movie. Yeah. If I'm not good, the movie would not. Sam would come up to us and say, can I give like 50% in this scene? <laughs> so what are we at here? <laughs> no, Sam. No. What are we at? No. Yeah. Hey, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, ask me tomorrow. Yeah. So how long was the how long was the whole shoot? Uh, how long was the process of making the movie? Eighteen days was shooting, mm-hmm. um, but it, you know, it took us a while to raise money. You know, it's our first movie mm-hmm. directing ourselves. So mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we really, I mean, we really made it in our backyard. I mean, the, we actually shot uh, the house that we shot in most of the time was the house behind ours, and ours was our house became the production house. So I mean, it was like literally a movie made in our backyard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, pre-production was kind of long. We wanted to make sure that we didn't screw it up. So we took our time with pre-production, working on the script, rehearsing, and designing the, especially Scott's room. Because yeah. usually movies that are micro-budget, like one of the things that, that you know, you, you save money on is art direction. Because it's just, you can't license, you know, Marvel posters and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, we didn't want it to be bare walls. 
So, uh, so Katie worked for like a month just contacting all these different great fantasy artists, like some pretty famous ones too, that actually returned our phone calls. Oh wow! And gave us permission to use their artwork, and so yeah. we still had to go. They would send us digital files; we'd go print them out. But we spent like a month building his room, you That's know. And there's great. everything in there is is permission and licensed. Yeah, I, yeah. I kind of did his entire room myself, like <laughs> hung up all the posters. That's how. Yeah. Kind of homegrown. Do you think like shooting shooting in Austin and like with such a kind of a small like a scope of it um, was that like easier to because like no it's not like he, like you know like it's like hey you got to hurry up we got to shoot this because I got to fly to you know New York to do this thing or like you had like people that were just going to be there anyway and the other stuff wasn't getting in the way was that like an aspect that was uh, yeah we just we had two actors that were SAG actors and that was one of them is Andrew's dad actually yes. who plays Greg Gorin who's like a Gary Gygax character mm-hmm. he's great. Um, oh that's your dad that's my dad yeah. Yeah. he's a character actor too yes yeah. he was in a he was true in- grid he was the uh, horse trader, horse trader guy that she yeah. like negotiates yeah. with. Yeah, he's great. I mean, I know. Obviously, I recognize her yeah. dad. Right. He's been yeah. in a million. He's been in a million things. Like, yeah, his long IMDb list. Yeah, <laughs> I think the first thing he was in was Remington Steel. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, which I can I can probably recite that episode word for word. Whoa! Beginning now. Uh, no, my dad was in an episode of Magnum PI. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. He oh, was, no he, they were playing a baseball game, and he was the catcher. Every Sweet. time the ball was hit, he would take off the catcher's mask to try and get his face on camera. <laughs> Nice. My dad was yeah. the catcher at the softball game in Funny Farm. Funny Farm, yes. really? Yeah. Yeah. Funny he gets, gets hit in the head with a bat. And yeah, yeah. I saw that in the theater as a little kid. I was like, this is not funny. <laughs> <laughs> They're hitting my dad. My, my dad's dad. in pain. Yeah. My dad was an episode of uh, Cops. <laughs> <laughs> never sure if Sam's kidding. <laughs> what is your background, Sam? Um, mostly film and television. And then, uh, yeah, I'd always just like acted in... Because in college, when you have the the performance art guys, usually like they're just too over the top. So most of the time, we just used each other for acting and stuff. Because it's just you know less uh, crazy. Less but, uh, the, well, yeah, the, the theatrical, um, like like for there, film. Yeah, there is yeah. that very much like the theater departments. Everything's very much because they're because in college they're just sort of learning to use their yeah. bodies and everything's like so much out here and there's so much emotion. <laughs> yeah, and there's so you know because they basically if you're on a stage, stage acting fine. You know, you have to project to the back of a room in person, so I understand the theatricality. But when you're under a microscope, which is a film camera, Mm -hmm. that all of a sudden, like, that magnifies by orders of magnitude. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I I really... Well, funny enough, that's how, like, the performance was for Scott. They were like, just go over the over top. Mm -hmm. Like, I would always want to keep it, like... Less, you know, and in, more internal, and they're like, "No, just go crazy." We can always go back if we need to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was all all part of it because Scott's just always mm-hmm. on. He's just yeah. always got to be on. What do you think motivates Scott? I don't know. Everything. He's His... forgotten. You forgot. <laughs> What's that <laughs> <he> about? Uh, <laughs> he wants the house. He wants everyone to. He wants the game to be perfect. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of things in this the story. It's very layered, but mm-hmm. it's nice because you give you give glimpses of his background that almost kind of make you go. Uh, I kind of see why you know yeah. I get I get why he's the way he is, and these other things are happening that are you know you could see why someone would go down that road. You could see why someone would be kind of a rage ball if mm-hmm. the, if they were raised the way that he was raised. So it doesn't just seem like. Up, oh, he's an angry nerd. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, no reason. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But then you find yeah, his mom's a shithead, <clears throat> and like, you know. yeah, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> 
Well, that was the twist ending. Oh, shit. So much for that. 50 minutes in the movie? Yeah. That was the twist ending? God damn well, it. It's in the trailer, right? She's like making fun of him. In the yeah. yeah. <laughs> so why was, why was this movie important? Like, what was it about this movie that was important for you to... What was the story that was important? Uh, I, I think the, the story was a lot about insecurity, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. And... Um, like, like I always say that the, if Miles has a fault, it's not that he's like not a true nerd or anything like that. It's just that he still lives by like those the social codes, you know. Like he doesn't mix friends from these different places. And you know, for for me growing up, like part of being into these things was about kind of sacrificing that and like saying I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm not gonna try to play you know the social game anymore i just want to do my own thing with my own group you know and uh and and i guess it's about that insecurity of 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 feeling like you've given up so much and you're so passionate about something and then somebody else who hasn't made those sacrifices can still be good at it like that's not fair you know yeah um and so that's the journey that sort of we took scott on and and hoping that at the end it's not about like besting somebody but just sort of accepting that some people are kind of more blessed in life i guess is the end things come easy to some people and some people not i think it's also about just like you know miles's character is more socially adept and scott's isn't you know and that's you know i think that's really what it comes down to that's like their biggest difference you know Mm -hmm. they can even be into the same things but one one was like, and I imagine when they were younger, they were kind of almost equals, I guess, like into the same things, like nerd wise. But mm-hmm. then one learned how to become more socially adept mm-hmm. and, and you know, charismatic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then the so other you're, one you're essentially, struggled. yeah, so you're essentially, you're almost exploring like two. Like two brothers raised in different environments, <laughs> and this is this one has this environment, and another one yeah. has potentially a very supportive family, and mm-hmm. a, you know, like yeah. It, yeah. like a like a support structure that allows right. him to it nurtures him, and so he becomes a little more of a of a chameleon and can yeah. kind of like you know drift in here and there, yeah, and, yeah. and so a character like Scott just wasn't given the skill set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Garrett Graham, the actor who plays uh, Miles. No relation? No No relation. Just coincidence. He actually, I don't think, right? No. 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 Uh, He actually asked us, like, so was Miles, like, a geek like Scott? Or did he, like, get into this once it became cool? And we 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 had a long conversation about it, but we didn't actually, like, I don't think we actually answered that question with Garrett. We Mm -hmm. sort of said, we, you know, you should choose something. But we left it up to him to sort of make that decision. Mm. And I I think... um, I, I don't know where I would stand on that. I, I like the idea that maybe maybe he was a geek. I, I don't, well, I he kinda, was able to draw his own comic. Right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, so he must. Yeah. yeah. And that only comes with being, yeah. you know, just sitting yeah. down yeah. and doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he runs that site, and has millions of viewers. Yeah. 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 You can't yeah. just fake yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I think he was probably geekier when he was younger, and mm-hmm. just kind of, you know. The one thing about the the, the one sad thing to me about <laughs> nerd culture is that it is supposed to. I, I think at least. It should be more about acceptance, and a lot, and large pieces of it are. Mm-hmm. But I also know that, you know, sometimes I have this thought, these thoughts where I go, you know, I didn't get fucking bullied by jocks and popular kids in grade school to then get bullied by nerds on the internet. Like, <laughs> right. I've been so much more brutally attacked <laughs> right. by right. other nerds. That like the nerd on nerd violence shit is I'm so over it like it's gotta stop and yeah, and yet much. I understand it from a, in, in a sense mm-hmm. because if you're you know if you're made to feel a certain way or if you're excluded or you or 
you know, um, I don't know, where just other people are ostracize you socially, then maybe that's a learned behavior. And it's like, well, this is my sphere, and no one can come in here, so right. fuck you guys. This is where I have control. But um, I don't know. It just, it really, <laughs> it bums it bums me up. It's like, nerd trollery is way worse yeah, than just getting hit in the chest. Yeah. yeah pro- I don't actually follow sports, but is it is it is there a comparable thing with like I sports? I don't either. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, no, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, and they go into that a little bit with that Jamie Kennedy documentary, Heckler. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, well, yeah. hecklers aren't just for comedians. And then they go into the whole, like, uh, athletes getting heckled and how yeah, it's just yeah. like, just as bad. Like, just because there's a ton of people going, you fucking, and that's, you know, for them, it's, yeah. it's, it's maybe even a bit more, like, passioned because there's just like, you fucked up my, you fucked over my town, my city, <laughs> you fucked up my life, you know? Well, in that case, too, for athletes, it's pretty bad because they're getting paid so much fucking money mm-hmm. that you're already coming from a place of, you know, like someone has something that they want to tear down because they're like, why is that fucking piece of shit get, you know, $20 million a year to do something? I don't get $20 million a year. And then on top of that, he fucks that up. He's getting right. paid. Yeah. Yeah. He's not supposed to fuck that up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it gets, it should it be gets perfect. It gets really bad. But I will also say that, you know, our, our sphere of it, like the people who listen to the podcast, and um, it is, it's actually one of the things that I'm proudest of that we've done at Nerdist is that our audience is really nice. Mm-hmm. Like when we go do live shows, the venues are always they're always in dis- like they're like your your audience like they line up, they're friendly. They're like <laughs> no one starts any shit. They all make stuff that they brought. They're very crafty and yeah. very sweet and the venues know. probably think we're like Christian. Look at these nuts. These nuts young men. <laughs> they're not here to cause a ruckus. No. They're just good, clean fun. Let them have their fun. Let them have their weird fun. Don't approve of the salty language, but you know something? We're all sinners. We're all sinners to some degree. Just living life is a sin. You know, you're a couple hair Marys. Your swear is my is my cupcake. You know. I have cupcakes when I shouldn't have cupcakes. That's that's like that's my swearing. Pray it out. And I beat myself for it. <laughs> I punish myself. I Look at these myself. scars. Yeah, yeah. I should flock with. <laughs> but what are, what are your thoughts about like where, what do you think the state of? I mean, obviously, you know the the the, the idea of the the idea of the word nerd is sort of strange because you know it, it really doesn't mean the same thing that it meant when no. when we were growing up I, mean, I, I bet you there's even a generation before that who was like it meant something different before yeah, you know like then. 50s we were talking about Eugene in Greece yeah we're like, like wow that was oh Eugene yeah. Yeah. hey Eugene yeah. 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 you can do it you can do it oh what did he say <laughs> hey guys <laughs> yeah. Eddie Deason yeah yes, oh, Eddie yes. Deason yeah. yes of yeah. course was in that episode of Magnum P.I. that my dad was no way uh, why didn't you well, start with together. that yeah. oh my gosh was also in Dexter's Laboratory, Eddie Deason. Exactly. Because, like, it seems like nerd was, like, people who are into science and, like, really smart, like, science nerds. And then it became uh, more about, like, fantasy and comic books and fiction, you know, nerds, entertainment nerds. Um, But it still meant people who are, you know, socially ostracized. And now it's kind of, like, a great thing to be. I never was proud of being a nerd when I was a kid. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't like it at all. Yeah. I, I had the same desires that most kids had. I wanted to be accepted by other kids mm-hmm. and not. But you know, and I remember one year um, I won the Memphis City Junior High Chess Tournament, and 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 I was 
I show off. I was. Dr- I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just pick up this nerd dick I dropped. Humble brag. But you uh, can put the trophy down. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this giant. Finally, finally, no one's ever been. By the way, my mom still has it. My mom still has it. But uh, I remember being really um, nervous and embarrassed that they were gonna say it on the announcements because right. I didn't want. Right. Yeah. I just didn't need another thing mm-hmm. yeah. for people who were like ah. Like yeah. it really was not, and they did. And I, I, this thing that I should have been very proud of, I was very ashamed of because right. I felt like it was like another fucking thing that everyone's gonna fucking make fun of me for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess we should be happy because you're like at that time, like, why can't the world be a different way where you know being into these things is you know accepted, accepted and great? And so you know, if it is more, then yeah. we should celebrate. Well, you know, it's, it's weird because we'll get people asking us questions when we do live shows, and it's like, oh, what, would like, you know, how did you get through being you know a kid as a nerd, or like, when did you know you were a nerd and I, I usually respond with like it's like I never thought like it's like for me like to like say it's oh it's a nerdy thing it felt like it was like self deprecating mm-hmm. like the stuff I was into I thought was cool <laughs> right. like, I thought like you know I wore like I would go to school I would be wearing like you know Tom Servo and Crow shirts like <laughs> and like I would like you know just like bring my Ed Wood movies like you know and show my friends like because I thought this shit was cool and it was and you're like those losers are missing out yeah that's like that was my <laughs> that was my take on like when I was growing up like mm-hmm. it's like you know people would make fun of me and I'd be like well they're the dorks did yeah. I tell the I can't remember if I told the Transformers story on the podcast. Like the story of just Transformers in general? Well, they're robots <laughs> in disguise. Go on. Robots in Did that happen yeah. to you? Yeah. 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 yeah, I met some robots in like, disguise. What, what about when, when they meet the eye? They just. There's just more. About, it's actually more than meets more the eye. more than. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's, oh. They're not less or even equal to than meets the eye. They are. <laughs> right. They're actually more than. Yeah. But what's their disguise? Well, they're robots and disguised as uh, cars. Cars, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, nice. the evil Smart. ones are planes. Yeah. Oh mm. shit! Yeah. <laughs> the evil ones sound yeah. way cooler. And I'd much rather get one. They of really those. did. The, I'm oh, sometimes they're straight. disguised as their dinosaurs. Oh, Beast Wars. Yeah. 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 I, met a, I'm, I met a girl at the, uh, uh, I did a friend of mine's podcast, my friend Rob Paulson, and, and this girl who assists him with the podcast, um, uh, this young woman, but I say girl because I, I feel like she was like early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but this young woman uh, said, oh, I, you know, uh, I think you may appreciate this. My father played Starscream. And I was like, what? Who wow. was also Cobra Commander. Oh, right, right, right. Who oh, did that voice? Oh, wow. <laughs> Starscream, dude. Have you heard that James Adomian bit where it just talks about like all old uh, cartoon villains are just like gay queens? <laughs> it's just like, get on Starscream! <laughs> oh, James Adomian? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mumra. Yeah. Mumra. <laughs> Mumra. <laughs> but uh, I remember, yeah, so I, I remember having I had all my friends, I had a bunch of friends over, and I was very excited, and I showed them, I, I showed them the scene from the animated Transformers movie where Starscream uh, hmm. gets basically just, they killed a bunch of Transformers in that movie, which out of nowhere, which as a kid you just don't expect because you haven't been, you no one's taught you that your main characters can die yet mm-hmm. when you're a kid. Way and before just, Game of Thrones. Way, way before, yeah. before <laughs> Game of Thrones. It was a game of metal robotic thrones. Uh, it was a throne but in disguise. It was a little more than oh, wow. So uh, yeah, so they kill a bunch of Transformers and then so I was I showed them this uh, scene where Starscream dies at the hands of Galvatron, played by Leonard Nimoy. Who was Megatron and then Unicron, the planet-eating robot champ. It, anyway, it's, it, I was explaining this to them, and I showed and uh, didn't really get the same reaction that I had. So I showed it again, thinking, 
Well, they probably missed the <laughs> subtleties. <laughs> That's how I tell jokes. Yeah. Uh, one more, one more. It works as well. One more time. Like, no, no, you can see again. Yeah. You know, and I got very excited. And, and so, you know, when I, when I talk to people about nerd culture, and I know that some people, because I get, obviously I get asked about it a lot, uh, and uh, and they always say like, oh, is it a Star Trek thing? Or I'm like, no, no, no. It's it's about. I think it's just a, a mind. It's a way that people process information is what mm-hmm. makes them that. Not not whatever the accidental qualities are of like you know whether it's whether you're into I don't know whatever it is Magic the Gathering or or D and D or or sci-fi or fantasy or whatever it is. I just think it's the it's a very specific way that people process information that make them that. Not necessarily. I think nerds tend to like the fantasy things because, at least for me, um, you know, reality wasn't that fun. Mm-hmm. And so it was, you know, like, it is a form of escape to go off into these, you know, idealized fantastical worlds. And I think that's part of the allure as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, that it's just, it's more interesting than, than reality. Yeah, I remember yeah. my sixth grade, sixth grade teacher, like, coming out to recess and wanting me to play basketball with the other, with the other guys and she just would, you know, she wouldn't believe that there was nothing wrong. That I just really would prefer to finish this Douglas Adams book. You know, it was like, well, is something wrong? I mean, is someone being mean to you? And it's like, no, I just this is way more fun for me. You know? so. There was a there was a weird thing that I remembered way after the fact. It was also like a couple years ago. I remember in second grade, um, the uh, the basketball pole, like the the pole that held up the backboard, uh, like it was like this big. You know, pole when if you put your ear up against it and like tap on it, it had the craziest like it sounded like lasers, just the, the reverberating <laughs> sounds on the inside. Oh, you were one of and those so, kids. Uh, well, it's like what's weird because like you know because like I was like starting to really get into music. Like I was like you know like I was making my parents put on like Beatles records all the time and and like and I was like always like yo drumming on stuff and like when I found that out like when I heard it I was like this is the fucking <laughs> raddest thing. It's just like. <laughs> And then I just like, and then like, I always like would think about. It. I was like, yeah, that sounds so right. I guess I, I wish I could figure out a way to think. And then like, I was starting to think about the fact that for an entire lunch break, I'm this kid just hugging <laughs> a pole with his ear against it, just like, <laughs> out. yeah, just like, <laughs> so like going up, going down. Yeah, <laughs> and the cool kids are like, "Wait, we had him wrong. We yeah, should yeah. hang out with him." Yeah, 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 yeah. he's cool. He like that he's... guy's gonna find drugs first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I think he's already found them. Yeah. Yeah. What what edition do you do you still play D anD? I do, and I am. Um, is it okay to say that I'm not a fourth edition fan? Um, I I've, I play. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know. Actually, I do. I am playing in a fourth edition game right now, but it's you know only because. It's a friend of mine running it, and you know I feel bad for him. But uh, I don't even know if this makes any I didn't, sense. I, I, if this I've, not, I've, not, I've not played Fourth Edition because okay. I know the I know the rules and the the rules have simplified in Fourth yeah. Edition, and everything's kind of they tried to kind of make it a little more a little easier and, not, and take all of the other stuff out of it. But it's, I, I like the final cut like, Pro Ten. Of, uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I always liked um, I liked it last time I played, which was just a few years ago. Was First Edition. I liked playing First Edition. I, we still had all our own original books, and it, it's a little more. Complex, yeah, right. but that's what's kind of fun. But about that's what's it, sort know. of fun about it. Second edition was my that was my like hang most of my most of my childhood. I like I played second edition a lot, and three I thought was an improvement of that. Four is like it, I feel like they're tuning it to be more like the World of Warcraft character classes, right. kind of. Which I mean, it's fine. I mean, I love video games, but this is supposed to be something else, you know. Like, I'll, if I want to play a video game, I'll play a video game. So, 
What's uh, what's crazy is about like I I never got into playing it because the one kid that I met that was like uh like he told me he was at, I was at school and he told me about Dungeons and Dragons and I thought he was like that sounds fucking awesome, and then he's like you should come over and play it and you know we were going to a, a private school so to go to his house like was on the other side of like the island like it was like a long ways away so I caught a bus like for an hour to go there, and and then like I get there and he's like he lives with his grandmother. And he's just by himself with his grandmother, and like the you know the house smells like old, and like it's just like dark. All like smell. it's just like his grandmother didn't like light, so she had just like quilts over all the windows, and it was just real weird. And the mm-hmm. and uh, the, like you know the guy just like we spent all this like you know two hours just going over all the stuff, and I was like, all right, let's play. He's like, oh no no, we don't have enough time. You're gonna have to come back tomorrow. I was like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> it was always so hard to get somebody you know into it because they would have to be willing to come for an entire day and not actually play. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. like explain the rules and make characters. Roll a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And write, write a background. Yeah. yeah. I was so like ready to go. I was so excited. I was just like, oh, there's no way I'm going to come back here tomorrow. It really is. You really have to have the right DM or GM. As, yeah, you, as yes. yeah, our lawyers have advised us to say. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> but no the, uh, but uh, yeah, it really depends on who you're, who you're, who's running the game. Mm-hmm. And if you have someone who's running the game and, it's, and they're good, then it just changes everything. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like one-man shows. Where someone's like, I got a one-man show. And then you're like, oh, no, not a one-man show. But then when you see a really good one, you're like, oh, this is what this should be. you know? Because yeah. um, I had played with a really great DM and then just went and sat in on a game where the DM uh, wasn't that great. And then it just it completely changes the game. So it really, like, having a group, as you know from being in the movie, it really is just like having this band and everything. everyone has to show up and everyone has to be invested and everyone's got to be willing to, you know... Mm-hmm. To play the game. And I had a journey like Scott's a little bit because I wanted it to be. It was a little bit of a Nazi about. Andrew's got a little Scott in him. (laughs) This is is like the path that I have marked out for you guys and don't mess around. And and you realize that like it's a collaborative thing and people want to do what they want to do and they're going to have a better time. And that's really that kind of that thing that uh, the Greg Goring character says to him, like, you know, the main thing as as the DM is your job is to make sure everyone's having fun. Yeah. End of the day, you know, kind of like if you're making a movie, your job is to make sure people are entertained. If you have your own agenda, it doesn't matter. It's like people need to be entertained and have an emotional journey, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. So uh, where are you guys? So the movie's, the movie's coming out October 8th yes. on VOD. October on VOD. 8th on mm-hmm. VOD mm-hmm. and uh, select theaters on October 11th. The, the experience for me of seeing it, because I had just seen it a few times just on my laptop. And then that's we, the best way. Yeah. <laughs> the best way to see. Oh, we're a so movie. happy you saw it that way. Yeah. Oh, I wish you saw it on your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> I, you get to see it on my tiny iWatch. Oh damn. Um, but uh, the um, seeing it, we, we screened it at uh, CineFamily here yes. in LA, yeah. and then Dan Harmon did. Uh, he did a little a mini campaign with mm-hmm. Je- you know Dan and Jeff Davis and a couple people and. And then afterwards, we screen Zero Charisma, and um, oh, the girl who played uh, Miles's girlfriend was there. Oh yes, as I heard that she yes. was. We weren't able to be there. Katie Folger. Yes, Katie Folger. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we screened the movie in front of the audience, and and you know I didn't know what to expect because I mean I I just you know I knew I knew it was not if you were coming to see a campaign and you were coming to see Zero Charisma, you're probably smack dab in the middle of the demographic. You know what I mean? Like, you're, that's probably... Right. You're pretty fucking hardcore nerd. Yeah. If you see that and you go, I need to go... Because this was... You know, there hadn't really been much press about the movie, mm-hmm. and it was very 
word of mouthy. And so if you knew about that and you wanted to go see a D&D campaign, you were probably pretty... And so I didn't know what to expect. And honestly... Were you wearing, like, glasses and a fake mustache? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. No, because I, I, I presented it. So I okay. just, I, if I did that, it'd be like... That would blow your cover. I don't know who I am. Guy <laughs> Incognito presented the movie. Yeah. Guy Incognito. Who is Homer? My favorite. <laughs> so, uh... And watching watching the movie with a group with a theater full of people was such a different experience. People laughed and cheered, and and I know for a fact that if the movie had been shitty, that would have been the crowd that would have been the crankiest about would it. Would have thrown yeah. tomatoes. That yeah. would have that would have you know uh, either there would have been lots of silence or afterwards, mm-hmm. or you just would have heard like ugh, you know. Yeah. And uh, and it was such a wonderful experience and. That was the first time I showed it to my girlfriend, and she, you know, was like, "This movie is amazing." So oh, it really awesome. was. That's great. Very, very special uh, to me, and really great to see it with uh, with an audience. Cool. The other one we had like that was the uh, Dungeons and Draft Houses in Houston. They did it at Alamo Draft House, and it was a whole day. I mean, it was like a ten hour event. Jeez. Started off with Conan the Barbarian, and then it was uh, one of the Sinbad movies, mm-hmm. like, Golden Voyage, and then Golden Houseguest. Voyage. And then it was crawl. Jingle all the way. Yeah. <laughs> and it was every movie from 1984. Crawl. In order. Crawl, which was great. I didn't enjoy yeah. That. And then our movie. And so and this was a. I mean, if you're going to sit there I for know. that long. We're like, oh boy, we're following three movies. Yeah, three. Right? Movies. And they were playing D&D in between up Ooh, on stage. Yeah. A lot of paying attention. Um, yeah. But the crowd was, I mean, they were hardcore, <laughs> hardcore gamers. And yeah. they, uh, they, it was an awesome response. It was. Yeah. It know, was amazing. Awesome it's response. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a fucking great movie. A guy with a cape uh, got our autograph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. He had a cape on. He should have got his autograph. Yeah. He I was, must be someone. No, I was like, man, you're really, you know, just furthering the stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> So who is uh, do you, do you still have a weekly game or have you not had time to play? Uh, it's been it's been tough with the movie, uh, doing it. Uh, it's been a long time since I think the last one I did was like in May, was the last. It was as bi-weekly that the game was. What's your character? My character is an elf. See, this is the uh, fourth edition. Fourth so it's edition. the elf. What do they call them? Strikers. It's basically I was like I'll be the elf with the bow and arrow. You know what I yeah. mean? I want to be a kind of a ranger character. And he's like, okay, you're like a striker. I think it's called Strikers in fourth edition. Does he have an, do they have alignments in fourth edition? Uh, yes, they have alignments. But the weird thing is the powers work. You like get all these like cards, and you can only use like one power, like a regular combat attack, or like I'm going to use my super attack. And so, no matter what class you are, you end up having like the same amount of cards hmm. and the same like kind of powers. I don't know. It seemed so. Are there are there, there are categories of powers that you use? It's not like you know. Yeah, you there's can't... like the once per day, once per encounter, and it's just very combat focused and. It's fine. I, I have a great time because <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's you know what? Everything's it's, okay. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, I always played the. Um, I always liked the magic users. Mm-hmm. I always liked to. I always liked to play a wizard. And for some reason, even the game. I, I don't know why. I was always like lawful good. Like the most boring. You know, like I really. I you know even you know like well I could be neutral or chaotic, but like no, I just have to be lawful. I like to abide by all the rules. So you're not Miles. <laughs> That's the one thing that makes him not like Miles. <laughs> that is not true. See, I read Miles. I I thought Miles was up to something. I read it as if Miles is up to something. I thought he was part of the ironic hipster. Yeah, I mean, we, I thought so at first. Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely want that in there. It's like he's this is a lark. It's fun. Yeah. He's having a good time. But is he gonna be in there for the long run? 
Yeah. And is that like really fair to like ruin this guy's game when you're probably going to drop out yeah. in, in a week or two? You know, he's not as passionate about it. So <laughs> yeah. that's he's just trying to have line. a good time. Yeah, <clears throat> but that's ultimately what the. I mean, the core of it is that it is about what people are passionate about, mm-hmm. and I yeah. and I don't even mind. I mean, I really don't mind that there are fringe nerds. I don't mind that people go to Comic Con that didn't go there when it was just about comics. I don't mind that. You know, because I, I sort of feel like, well, if it's if it kind of broadens the message, then what's what's wrong with that? Like, why can't more people? And if someone only enjoys it for a week, that's fine. Why can't they enjoy it for a week? Why do they? You know, I, I mean, I I don't think I think the culture is safe from being ruined because there are still trenches that real nerds will go down that most people will not, yeah. and there are still. You know, there are still depths to which someone will go to uncover the, you know, as much knowledge about a thing as possible or understand it more than anyone else. Yeah. Because that's really what the mutant nerd power is, is like, I'm going to f- know more about this thing and use it against you. Yeah, you know? there's like more extreme pockets inside the extreme So that's, that's why I feel like it'll always be okay. Yeah, but they, you know, they say stuff about like, and you'll hear guys and music journalists say like, it's like, oh, well, there's no more, there's no punk anymore. Or there's like, you know, there's no real rock and roll, but... They're talking about on the surface level. If you dig deep into any scene, you're going to find the mm-hmm. stuff that's actually going on. Sure. Yeah. And so that'll always be there, no matter how big the mainstream consciousness of something gets. Mm-hmm. Austin's a pretty good. Austin really does seem like a pretty good example of like all, and really, the with the nerds and the hipsters and in, in Austin, obviously, you know, just being that little bubble in Texas, <laughs> which. Yeah. Is unlike the rest of you know yes. the rest of Texas. Yes. But I love it when people in LA think we're in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> You're, you live under a dome. <laughs> you live inside a dome. Yeah, I know. Right? It's, still it's a barbecue flavored dome. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> but it is sort of a cultural bubble. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. In Texas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's very Texas. Austin is very Texas as well. Yeah, you drive ten minutes you know. away, you'll be in Horse pasture, hey, what's up? That's right. It's just a liberal Texas, mm-hmm. you know, and it's there's but there's a lot of Texas pride still there. There is, yeah. The, the Texas state silhouette is like on everything. I know it is on everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's a cool outline. It is. Yeah, it's one of the best. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I think being in Los Angeles for so long, I'm kind of jealous of that because Los Angeles doesn't really have a unified identity yeah. at all. There's no... Because I mean, everyone's so into themselves here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... There's no... I grew up here, you know? I grew up in Hollywood. Um, Highland Franklin right there and, like, you know? It's like being in Austin, it's like the first time I've ever felt so part of a community. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Andrew and I, we love it there. Mm-hmm. We do. Well, in, in L.A., growing up here, too, you you feel like you're in the minority for being from here. Yeah. You know, because most people are not from here and they yeah. kind of own the town more, it feels like, than the people who are from here. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know people always would say to me, like, hey, you're so real. And it's like, well, I'm, you know. People in Austin? You mean? <laughs> no, no, no. Or just growing up, like, oh, oh. when people would meet me who outside of LA or like. Yeah. They're like, you're so real. You're from L.A. Like, yeah. you're from, and it's like, yeah. Yeah. And you go, yeah, it's a gigantic suburb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a it's lot of mostly us. suburbs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's just a, it's a bunch of neighborhoods. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. What's like, as was a blank Apache say? It's uh, three of the best cities in the world and seven of the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's a bunch of neighborhoods connected by traffic, but with no real, you know, I mean, Austin really is that, like, at least. You know, from my experience with it, it really is this sort of like there's a central part, and, mm-hmm. and, you know. Yeah. But LA yeah. is like, 
there's not really a central part to Los Angeles. Yeah. It's just you're just landing and you're like, where the fuck does it? You know, it's just like <laughs> you're just in the middle of the mountains and then all that you pack over the mountain range and then all of a sudden it's just like circuit board, you know? Yeah, right. yeah. And there's no real, there's no real identity. Yeah, it's almost like so big you can't wrap your mind around it, yeah. you know, which is yeah. Yeah, almost disorienting. What do you think is the current state of nerd culture of good and bad? Um, you know, it's, it's hard for me to say because I feel like I've gotten, the, the bad is like gone. For me now, I don't know whether it's because it's just it's totally accepted and it's fine, or whether I'm just old enough that I don't care anymore. Um, but any kind of like anything negative associated with it, and, and I have a I have a pretty good sense of humor about myself, so I don't really you know if somebody makes fun of something that I like, it doesn't really bother me so much anymore. And to me, it feels like it, it's kind of hard to hear people like if someone complains about oh nerds are getting unfair treatment, it's like nerds rule the world right now, the popular mm-hmm. culture. I mean, it seems, feels like nine out of ten movies that come out are targeted towards this demographic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, there's not a lot to complain about, I guess. And I like the ease of which you can you can get stuff online and, you know, I mean, yeah, there were, it used to be harder. You had to, like, you know, buy all the tape, VHS tapes off of eBay or something like that, but, you know, that wasn't fun to do. It yeah. really, It really must have sucked to grow up with those tendencies yeah. in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, where, right. where you essentially, you know, the most that you could really do is just build radios. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that documentary. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there Cam really radios. wasn't, like, and, and, and honestly, without, without any kind of a, of a massive network to connect other people, mm-hmm. you, A, might be the only person in your town mm-hmm. like you, or if not, then there are, like, four of you you know mm-hmm. like if you if you're from a if you're from a small if you're from a small town i mean mm-hmm. the people when i was in grade school i went to a small school in memphis but the um you know the people who at my school that i was friends with who were sort of you know into the things that i was into it was it was literally like four people i mean it really wasn't and and the and the word nerd didn't really i didn't really know what it was until well i feel like fonzie said it on happy days a couple times <laughs> <laughs> that fucking jock <laughs> but <laughs> That weird fucking fun. Don't bring up the fun. That weird older greaser who was hanging out with teenagers and living above a garage. Yeah. yeah. But um, oh wait, yeah, that's right. He's pretty cool. He's pretty sweet. Pretty cool. Uh, you know the guy, the guy who fucked all the high school girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, when in real life, he was fucking the mom. Yeah, yes. that's right. Yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, mm-hmm. you didn't know that. He yeah. was fucking Marion Ross. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a there's like a blooper thing where they kind of mess up lines and then they go in for a kiss. And yeah. Then, and then they get back into character. Right. And he's like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 You watch then... that, it'll break your brain. Yeah. <laughs> <That's hilarious>. yeah. <laughs> hey, Mrs. C, I want to take a look at Mrs. C. Well, oh, come on, you guys, what's happening? We were just having happy days. Yours or mine. Uh, but it wasn't really until the movie Revenge of the Nerds right where I which I was not allowed to see really yeah oh because there were boobs boobs in it it, yeah Yeah. yeah. Um, you know by the way the end of the movie I do want to say she does hook up with Lewis at the end of the movie, and he, I guess he eats her out real good. So she, no, 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 because no. he disguises himself, right? Yeah. And so then That's the weirdest fucking part. Yeah, it is. He disguises himself, and then he goes down on her, and I guess it's good enough so that she's like, "Oh, I like this is fine." And so she's like, "Oh, I love nerds." Meanwhile, they won. <laughs> they won this whole part of the contest because they put pictures of her tits in the bottom of a pie tin. Oh, God, yeah. that's and it wasn't even good pie. It was just whipped, whipped cream. cream. <laughs> So um, <laughs> you guys got a lot to work out. About. So you gotta fe- you gotta think you gotta think that at some point she would be like, 
Hmm. Strike one was that you pretended to be someone else and went down on me. Strike two was that you showed my tits to the entire school and charged yeah. money for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like my asshole jock boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> your friend Poindexter was really good at electric violin. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't until that movie where I so much identified and I was like, oh, oh, that's my group. That's what I would be. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I would be. That's the first time that I heard mm-hmm. nerd. And in the nerd, in the nerd geek thing. You know, where people say, well, you know, a lot of people think that, oh, what's the difference between nerds and geeks? And some people say, well, nerds are more, you know, technically proficient and geeks are more pop culture consumers. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just think it feels to me like ver- the vernacular was that was the word we had. We're all essentially saying the same thing mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I well, just we figured it out. Yeah, yeah it's good. great. Yeah. Okay. We've solved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no need to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your movie. Oh, right. No, see the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, VOD yeah. October eighth. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> but the reactions, uh, but the reactions in general have been pretty good. They've been great. Oh yeah, they've been great. I, I understand the the fear that sometimes people have, but yeah. I would just say see the movie because yeah. we've any no one who's seen. If people see the movie and don't like it, it's not for reasons of you know what that they're afraid of. What yeah, yeah. what yes. they're afraid of. Don't yeah. judge it's because a it's book just a by really the cover. Shitty yeah. movie is what. I, I, I really would right. like to. I would really like to start an, <laughs> a movement that is sort of the antithesis of the engine that powers the internet. But um, I really would. It would be nice to start a culture of uh, <laughs> people who wait until they see something to judge it. <laughs> But I mean, you know, like when you get just a small piece of information, people are like, well, that's going to be fucking terrible. Right. That guy's in that movie? Fuck, that's going to be terrible. Yeah. Well, what if it's not? Mm-hmm. What if you saw it, and if it's terrible, great. Mm-hmm. But what if you experience mm-hmm. a thing before telling everyone exactly how that thing is and all the reasons when you don't really have any real information? I mean, is it is it possible we should come up with a name for this movement? Of this truth-seeking movement, it's of- called getting rid of the internet. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You lost me there. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. But Thor two looks terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be nice. I, I, honestly, the biggest learning experience as myself as being a pop culture, you know, lover of pop culture and someone who has done that obviously in the past is actually like making a movie and going, "This is so fucking hard to make yeah. a movie," and this is a little movie, so it really does make you feel uh, sensitive towards anybody who who's putting themselves out there. What was the hardest something. part? Once you actually decided, okay, we're going to go do this on our own and we're going to finance it, or, you know, we're going to figure out how to finance it, what was the hardest part? What was the hardest part? This Everything. Right I'm here. working with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a whole set of requirements I needed <laughs> to continue. Yeah. One was I need a hundred dollars a day and a meal. Jesus. What a piece of shit! Two. You're worse than the Fonz. <laughs> Son of a. Bitch. The hardest thing has been has been actually uh, waiting for people's reaction to it. I mean, there's other hard stuff, but emotionally yeah. hard is screenings are just. So hard. We're so scared. We just, you know, we, we yeah, it's we hard, to, to hard like for it. us to watch it. The first screening uh, at South by, sorry, uh, I was like clutching Garrett Graham's thigh the whole time for like all the emotional scenes. I was just like, here it comes. Because <laughs> <laughs> Sam hadn't seen it. That was the first time he saw it. Was with oh, a huge wow. audience. Yeah, yeah. At South me by. getting vulnerable on yeah. the screen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. Well, don't worry. Your big fat face is only in every other scene. <laughs> <laughs> just keep, keep. 
going. <laughs> but that yeah. must be grueling. I mean, we felt bad for you to just sit there. It's not like, oh, here's my scene. It's like, no. <laughs> There's like, I think, two shots in the movie that aren't close-ups of Sam. I know. We would joke. Am I we selling like, this well? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go see the movie. Go see the movie. Um, <laughs> oh, what's the movie called? Big Fat Face. <laughs> it's called Big Fat Face. <laughs> <laughs> Have you uh, have you done any other acting work since uh, the movie? Uh, yeah, a couple features in Austin. Uh, we just did one called Intermural with uh, some of the guys uh, who just were on SNL. Beck Bennett. They just oh the Good Neighbor guys. Uh, yeah, the Good Neighbor guys, yeah. Britannic guys, some local guys, Kirk Johnson and Will Elliott, and um, uh, yeah, um, and I do this um, old Murder House theater. It's like we do um, '80s and '90s movies on stage. Uh, we did Aliens on Ice, Aliens oh, on an Ice That was rink. insane. Mm-hmm. That was totally uh, And we're probably going to do one this winter in Austin. Hopefully. We it was really That's on rad. ice. Yeah. They did aliens. Yeah, on an ice on rink. Ice. We, and they we hired ice professional rink. skaters to <laughs> play <laughs> the aliens. Oh, that's yeah. great. So all yes. the c- Marines are just like slipping around. Yeah. <laughs> the, meanwhile, the aliens are just... We hadn't <laughs> skated before that, <laughs> so we were... <laughs> <laughs> and then the aliens are like real formidable. They're like... Oh. That's but, yeah, did, you ever, awesome. did, did uh, Point Break Live ever make it to Austin? I don't think I don't so. Know. I don't. Yeah, but, uh, I heard about it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Is this still playing in L.A.? No, they, it's the, in New York. The, uh, the people that started the original Point Break Live, they were doing it in L.A. They are now doing, I think, uh, Terminator Two: Judgment Day Live. Um, I think that's the new one they're doing. And I think, like, uh, I think it's Eddie Furlong is the the one they picked He's from the audience. It? Oh, oh, the now, character. Okay, I think he's yeah. the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah Edward is in it. Oh, wow, yeah. I was like, well, yeah. I got Eddie. Not, not doing logical choice. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's the next time they're going to make a sequel? He was like, his two biggest movies are sequels. Oh, they're making a sequel right now. To what? Terminator. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. I thought Pet Oh, he's only he's only in number two of yeah, of, yeah. Pet Cemetery two and right, right, and Pet Cemetery two was a big movie. For him, in the in the if you were to just take his career and say that he had Terminator Two and then he had Pet Cemetery, I wouldn't 2. know if I would put those two on the same shelf. Well, you should because it's in the furlong section. Okay, <laughs> and there's only two fucking movies on it. He's in something else, right? Detroit Rock City. Dad, yes. God damn it! Yeah, it's ironic that mm. furlong is a measure of distance. <laughs> Come on! Come on! We've had a lot of fun at Eddie's expense now. I know. Oh, we're being the internet! Oh, oh yeah. We love you. No, the internet's not even talking about him. No. Oh, that was the meanest thing ever. That yeah, was. Yeah. Fucking cock. He's out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. He was in Austin uh, last year. Yeah, he was shooting yeah. something. Yeah. Oh, oh well, so, well fuck me then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the alien skaters. He's, uh, <laughs> he was He's really, really fucking really good, good, man. <laughs> Who would have thought? Graceful <laughs> skater. It's just graceful so graceful. Mm. Out there on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Watching for Longo. So what happens once this is just out in the world? Uh, 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 millionaires, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah. Money right. comes billionaires. In. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it would be awesome if this could be like a kind of a cult movie, you know? If like, that's our dream, is that 10 years from now, people still remember this movie because mm. there's so many movies that get made every year. Um, we just want Sam to go to comic com- comic book conventions and sign autographs for the rest and, of his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah like until yeah, he's yeah. like eighty. Yeah, that's all. Does Sam want that? Did you ask him? No, it doesn't matter what <laughs> Sam wants. <laughs> we decided this for you, Sam. No, I, I, that was actually a huge motivator for us. That kind of kept us going. Is like we're going to make Sam a star. We're going to make Sam a star. <laughs> yeah. That's what's going to happen right now. It, well, it, it's it fun. Helps. It's fun. Yeah. Now you jinxed I mean, it. That, that makes it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably I'm not be now. Like, 
Hey, Where you at? We need a little help from you. Well, it's always going to happen that someone's going to be like, you know, he's going to pop up and go, hey, I listen to the podcast. We love him. Sorry, bro, but you get it, right? I hosted Chipmates. Yeah. Who's his friend? His friend was Butnick from Salute Your Shorts. Yes, he was. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, that's right. Who also had Bad a band. I remember they had a video on MTV for a while. Really? Bad for good. Yeah. What? Bad for Good. Bad for Good was the band name? You fucking weirdo. He's such in the, for the family club that he knows the friend of Furlong yeah, yeah. band. He was the yeah. Butnick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you guys already working on another movie? Uh, we have like, we'd like finish one script and we've got like three other ideas that we're trying to figure out what we want to do. It's really tough because we were not expecting any of this, so... To have it go this far, and, you know, and thank you, yes. you know, you guys for helping us. Yeah, get thank here you. Really I mean, and thank have... Bobcat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Bobcat was Bobcat Goldthwait was a big supporter of ours too. Yeah, nice guy. Yeah. Did he's the one? Did he send it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's mm-hmm. a, like it's like. Well, I had heard about it, and I told him. Mm-hmm. I was like, because I knew they were going to be in the same festival, and I was like, hey, see if you can see that movie, see if mm-hmm. it's any good. And like, uh, he, like uh, he's like, ah, I don't know if I'll see it, but here's a link. Yeah. <laughs> They're really nice. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm sure he's like, whatever happens, don't let you know other filmmakers know that I help indie films because then <laughs> they will be contacting me. So hopefully nobody finds out about that. Is it? Yeah. Uh, is <laughs> that, did, you, did you guys? Co- he didn't really say that. Did you co-direct yeah. the movie or do you? Do yeah. You, yes. But and you're also a couple. Yeah. Yes. So um, how did your relationship survive not really getting away from each other at all ever? Honestly, it's like, thank God we had each other. Because yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's totally terrifying. You mm-hmm. get money in the bank to do it, and even no matter how little it is, you're just like, oh my God, we're going to do this. This is mm-hmm. crazy. What are we doing? And um, yeah, I mean, I, I just... It, it really grateful. helps to have, like, when you have to make all these decisions every day and yeah. have somebody who's like, if we both agree on something, then you can be totally confident. Like, that's what we're going to do. That's a good point. And go for it. Whereas if I was, I mean, if... If it was by myself, I mean, I would just be like, I don't know. What, uh, yeah. Maybe. And that's what do like you the think? one thing yeah. a director has to do is yeah. answer questions. Exactly. Yes. Constantly. But seriously, who's the more capable director? <laughs> uh, well, Sam. Let's say I'm the, face, I'm the face of the relationship. I'm the, I'm the annoying son, too. Like, yeah. you know, they gang up on me. They're like, you got to do better, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. They show you like old Robert New York movies. It's like, why can't you be that good? Why can't you be like him? Yeah. Kate, Katie's actually the, the the tough one. She's a scary because she she has actually she fired some. She had to fire somebody in the middle of the <laughs> middle of the production. I, I'm not going to say who. But. That was fun. Thanks for bringing that up, Anne. <laughs> Sorry. Um, like pulled someone aside. Yeah. And, yeah. Honey, you're so good at firing yeah. people. Can you be the one to do it? Well, then Andrew's George Bush and I'm Carl Rove. How okay. about that? Okay, sure. No. Yeah. Is that, does that? Yeah, because I'm, I'm like the I don't know if that's a compliment one, right? to yeah. either of us. Yeah, right. I, it's definitely not a compliment to either of us. <laughs> yeah. You made a real Katie bad the... analogy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you Katie the hatchet man. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. If you get I a just, visit from Katie, shit's going down. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I'd say Katie's more visual, and like Andrew's more like script internal. Yeah. Like, uh, but like Katie would be like, you know, she would give me physical, mm-hmm. more physical directing, and Andrew would, you know, tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Katie went to film school. I went to theater school. So maybe that's that's it. I'm I'm really not very good with like. You know, composition and color, and so you went to theater school, but then you didn't want to be in the movie at all. 
I wanted to be in the movie. Uh, uh, no. <laughs> oh, drama. shit. Hey, hey, we hired... The Hatchet Man. <laughs> yeah, I got fired, man. <laughs> he was going to be uh, the guy at the game store, who's played by John Golson, yeah. who, oh, who came into an audition yeah, really and yeah. rocked it. Yeah. And we're like, I was like, Andrew, come on now. <laughs> this is... This I was, is yeah. You couldn't find any spot for you? He's, I, mean, he has I, mean, I have a cameo. Yes, he has a cameo. I say hey. I punch the car... Uh, yeah. Oh. Spoilers! Spoilers. Yeah. When you punch something. the cop, <laughs> I punch the, the cop, and uh, yeah. no, yeah, I'm in the background of something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it was one I, line. I hey. understand. I mean, I was bummed, but Katie was right. I mean, it was obviously the better choice to I mean, have John Golson. He's really good. Yeah, like mm-hmm. legit. Yeah, mm-hmm. John yeah. Looks like you're just like mm-hmm. it's like. Hey, can we use your store? Can we also just should you just be in it? That's what it kind of like the yeah, vibe yeah. I got with that guy. Is like he probably just owns that store. Oh, and they he just was had him. he was so excited. He was like, "This is the part I was born to play." Yeah. <laughs> John and I went to college together, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, I think was... I didn't know that. Actually, you didn't know that? No, oh, yeah. I knew you guys were friends, but I didn't know you went to yeah. college. Oh, wow. Yeah. Where was that? Savannah College of Art and Design, in Savannah, oh. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Beautiful nice. Savannah, Georgia. Oh, lovely. <laughs> is that where you're from? Uh, that's where I went to college. Yeah. Of all the things you avoid that- saying where you're from, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like I've Sam noticed this for a time. It's, it's, lo- it's a government uh, <laughs> facility. Yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah, that's the third time I noticed. Like, there was like, there was like- this is conflict. I moved around a lot, so okay. I don't want to be like, yeah. Yeah, from Boston, I'm from. Yeah, Dallas. I had the same. I had the same thing too. But yeah. I always, you know, but Mem- I was in Memphis for one. like third grade to ninth grade. So same I always just Memphis. say I'm from Memphis because that's where I lived the longest when I was growing right. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, and my dad, so my dad still lives there, so mm-hmm. uh, I go back there. It is. I think of it as my home. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but for for we're going to Memphis. We're playing what? an indie Memphis film festival. We are. What? Yes, I think in it's November. Uh, November like first or something. Well, then when you're in Memphis. You have to go to Billy Hardwick's All Star Lanes on Quince and White Station. My dad owns a bowling alley. Oh, oh no nice. kidding! Do you guys want to have a little party there? Hell yeah! Oh my god! Oh, yeah, I put down three hundred dollar deposit. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, the three hundred dollar checked in clear, so it's, I'm sorry to bother you, but I just, you know, just, just, just you can't use the air hockey table now. I'm just doing due diligence here. You know, you totally understand. No, yeah, if you guys want, I'll talk to my dad, and you guys should have like a little a little party at the, oh at god, the bowling, the bowling center. Yeah, I, I don't awesome. know. We'll have like three people there, but <laughs> we could probably get some more. Some more. You're going to screen the movie there, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you could say like at the end of the screening, "Hey guys, come over to Billy Hardwick." After party, yeah, we can yeah. say sparks to sponsor it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as a, so, what, what was just for for people who were setting out to do the same thing that you guys did, which was write, direct, finance, mm-hmm. everything. Uh, what was the heart? What was the lesson that you learned that you feel like I wish someone had told me this before we started this process? I mean, you know, people tell you don't accept no for an answer, and uh, but it's really true because you'll mm-hmm. be told. No, there's. There, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we were told there's no audience for this. We mm-hmm. were told we were told don't hire was, an actor who hasn't played a lead before. Uh, we were told the character's too unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, you so know, everyone we were, just gave you really good advice. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yes. And um, there's just so many decisions, and you just have to go with your gut. Every Even the time. name, like you guys, uh, like refused to change in the movie's name. Yeah, there were some yeah. some interested distributors who wanted to change the name, and we're like. Uh, you know, well then, no. And, and uh, that was hard, really yeah, hard. A lot to of do. our filmmaker friends were like, "You said what? <laughs> like, are you crazy? Yeah. What um, did they want to call it? Um, there were different things, but the the consensus was the mm. game master or yeah. the dungeon master. nerd alert. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wizards of the Coast presents Dungeons and Dragons. And we're like, fuck you, Hasbro. We don't want your money. Oh, how many times have I said that? Fuck you, Hasbro. Fuck you. Look at this Hasbro over here. Well, uh, I really encourage people to see the movie if you're even remotely interested. Um, I mean, you know, I, I will even I will say that I don't even think I think if you understand tabletop culture or if you understand nerd culture, you will love the movie on that level. But even if you don't, I still feel like there's a very human story that's happening, and there's a very much mm-hmm. a at least in Scott's mind a, a an ultimate battle of good and evil. Uh, you know, at least for himself, yeah. Um, that uh, that I think people could could latch onto. But I but I really do. To me, it was sort of a love letter to you know, this is gaming culture and this is sort of, mm-hmm. you know, this these different ideas about where nerd culture is at right now in, in a very, you know, non-condescending, you know, we're a corporation, this is what these nerds things are all about. I mean, we came up against, you know, I came up against that a lot. It doesn't happen as much anymore, at least if it does, it's in corners of the internet that I don't see. Mm-hmm. People just used to say to my face, mm-hmm. you're a fake nerd or you're not real or you're just jumping mm-hmm. on a, I'm like, well... And, and my my response is like, well, um, I pr- if I were going to fake something, I would have faked sports because there's more money in that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't fake God-given talent, bro. I mean, come on, come bro. Come on, Hasbro. Come well, on, bro. <laughs> well, people ask us about the relationship, you know, with you guys. And, and I mean, the, 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 the clinching thing for us is that we had talked to a lot of distributors who – even if they maybe saw some sort of money potential in here, they didn't understand what the movie was yeah. about, really. Yeah, that was that and, was. And when we had that first phone call with you guys, it was like, oh my god, somebody, somebody finally gets, gets what this movie's about, kind yeah. of. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I just, I, I genuinely don't get involved in things that I don't love. You know, like I, I just, I did that enough when I was first starting out, and for many years, and so. You know, I, I I just made a decision a handful of years ago. Like, I'm only going to get involved in stuff that I actually care about because it just otherwise it's not really worth it. Even if even if you did a job and you were like, oh, I was able to trick someone and I made a bunch of money, <laughs> you still that's fine that you have a bunch of money, but then you still have to live with yourself and you yeah. still have to, you yeah. know, like it it just you know, every sitcom will tell you that you can't scheme for too long. Cheaters never yeah. cross. No more than a half hour from what <laughs> they, they taught me. And that's when the twin stewardesses find out that you're going on a date with both of them. And then, <laughs> then you got a cop to it yeah. and they both go out with uh, Eddie Deason. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Uh, hey guys. Arm in arm. I know they walk away. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I do, I do think it's important and I always tell people like just make the stuff that you love and, and then that's usually because as long as you're happy then the other stuff might come along but there's no guarantee that any of it's going to make you like you genuinely have to be happy first. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so, uh, so I'm glad. I'm glad you stuck to your guns about the movie, and I'm I'm glad that you made this movie. And you know, I really, I really do, I really do love it. And that was the only. And I, I, honestly, when we attached ourselves to you <laughs> before you asked, and we were like, like we're, we're doing this. <laughs> yes, yeah, like a lamprey on the other on the underside <laughs> of a talent whale. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't really, I didn't, wasn't, maybe this makes me a bad business person. I wasn't really thinking in terms of like, think of all the money. I was just like, this is a really awesome thing that I love and I just want to be near it in some way. I just want to be involved in it in some way and yeah, try we, to help we tell people you off about pretty, it. Pretty good. Totally fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I don't give a shit. Have you even read the contract yet? No. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you guys I'm supposed to just hand you money. Yeah. You 
as this. But uh, but congratulations on making the movie. And you know, Thank again, you. internet. Thank you. If you know, experience things and then judge them. If you see the movie and you hate it, fine. But at least see it first before you make that determination. But I don't think yeah. you will. Spend that money. <laughs> Spend that money. Spend that money. Spend, Spend those Benjamins. Benjamins. When it costs hundreds of dollars to see this movie, spend those Benjamins. Yeah, you gotta get your full resolution. Excuse me, can someone break yeah. these Benjamins? <laughs> I need some change for these Benjamins. Spend them on. Yeah, Benjamin. it's playing in IMAX 3D. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> well, it's I was crazy waiting to see how far you're going to go with the work, but it's, it's going to be all stretched out and blurry, but, you know, it's yeah. still pretty neat. That's <laughs> 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 that face. Uh, in 3D. In 3D, <laughs> a big fat face. <laughs> <laughs> Meet Scott. It's, it's, it's the interviews outside after the movie of audience members. I really thought the face was going to eat me. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. So many close ups. Yeah. Now, I've seen big face. Yo, I've seen fat faces, but a big fat face. You gotta bring it all together. All right, thanks for being here, you guys. Thank, thank, you. Andrew, thank, thank, you. thank you so much. much. Good yeah. luck with the movie thank and uh, enjoy your burrito, everyone. Sweet. Sweet. Good fun. Jesus. I knew it. <laughs> Jesus. You turn it off? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sports! <laughs> Sports, uh, racing. God damn, rip off the Mario Brothers shirt and you just see uh, USC. Right, right. I mean, fucking yeah. Elway passed for, uh, Elway. Elway. <laughs> <laughs> Emmett Smith was great. Elway uh, passing over to Jordan and all of a sudden. Goal! Babe Ruth was going crazy. Jeff Gordon was all in there. <laughs> Dude, Namath, bro. Namath. Namath. <laughs> Namath. What's your name? Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven, a geoengineered paradise that protects fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods, and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors Rhea Seahorn, Jeannie Tirado, and Maury Sterling. Follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.